Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic themes. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. Uh, let's see, like like the morning after we recorded last week, uh, another document comes out of the Vatican. I understand this uh, affects you personally. Well, your son anyway. Possibly. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about that and how it does and how it might not, if you understand it from a purely textual yeah analysis. Um, so yeah, what? How might not need to? Let's put it that way. Yeah, we'll see. I guess. I mean, what what this is supposed to be is some clarifications on uh, the traditionis. Ex- what was it? Custodes. Custodes. Um, and the document answers questions that we don't know who asked the questions. I have a feeling no one asked them. I have a feeling. I have a feel- yeah. This is I, just I him. Was- Let me see if I can tighten the screws a little bit because apparently uh, I wasn't legal enough in the first people aren't paying enough attention and and they're 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 exploiting my yeah uh, what i've permitted to to its fullest extent my ambiguity (laughs) um here's the thing when when the moto program first came out the very first thing i said is okay everybody's talking about this but i i'm not a legal i don't have a legal mind Less, let alone any kind of legal training or understanding of the canons. And it was published in Italian, wasn't it? Italian like it wasn't even Latin. in Latin. Yeah. Um, I was hoping someone like uh, Timothy Gordon um, would pick it apart, not so much about what it, um, how good it is or how bad it is, but legally, how can priests and bishops get around this? You know, right? What what kind of loopholes are in this thing? And I guess mm-hmm. even now there are still some loopholes. But this document they uh, sent out was supposed to clear up some of the loopholes uh, by quote answering questions. But right. some of them, <laughs> I don't know. Which nobody knows who asked the questions. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how much. Uh, I don't know how much legal weight this document has you know in theory it has the same legal weight i think as the original motu proprio okay okay uh because it's a a papally it's a papal supported answer to quest to in in theory questions purported Mm -hmm. questions ostensible questions um about the application of the motu proprio itself uh before have we climb it, into by the that, way? I have not read it. I've just heard a couple okay. other podcasts about it. Okay, it's not too long. We can even go through it. That it it's it's got a, a number of questions. I I didn't count how many, yeah. and then an answer. Um, in every case, the question is a yes no question, and then the answer is given either negative or affirmative, yes or yeah. no or yes. And okay. then there's an explanatory note in some of the cases. Um, to either expand on the answer or to provide a um, a basis or a kind of grounds for the answer. What was the name of this document? So, 
This document is uh, responsa ad dubia, response to questions on certain provisions of the apostolic letter, Traditionis Custodes, issued modu proprio by the Supreme Pontiff Francis. Okay. All right. Before we do this, I just... You got me... We did a a podcast last week on uh, evolution. Oh, yeah. And you were talking about uh, theological um, understandings of evolution and... I guess theological possibilities, and you, yeah. you've got my mind on that. Like for the rest of the week, I've been thinking about that, and um, I just this is what I came up with, and I have no reason to believe that any of this is true, but it would make mm-hmm. a good story. Um, okay, in Genesis we have God saying. Uh, the Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and every that every indication of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. Now, actually, right. I guess I should go back a little bit, because he's saying, when people began to multiply and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that they were fair, and they took wives for themselves of all that they chose. Um. And then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in mortals forever, for they are flesh. Their days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans who bore children to them. These were the hearers that were of old, warriors renowned. Indicating, possibly, and I think we may have talked about it once or twice, that uh, there was some kind of weird combination of flesh and spirit. Like, like, like angels were taking some kind of flesh form or something like that. Right. There was yeah. something that was corrupting That's, the, the, the very DNA, maybe, of man. Right. That's that's kind of like the... Yeah, that's, that's some of the speculation mm-hmm. around that path. It's a strange passage to be sure and then down below that he talks about you know he's like i everything's evil and it grieves his heart and he says i will blot out the earth and the human beings i've created people together with animals and creeping things and birds of air for i am sorry i have made them um Mm -hmm. and he also says and god saw that the earth was corrupt for all flesh had corrupt had corrupted its ways upon the earth so Here's my just thoughts on that. Um, what if the angels or demons and man were mating to create something weird? Um, and these, these people had unusual powers that we wouldn't have because they had more understanding than we would have. And they knew how to corrupt the flesh. Okay. And from that, we got dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Things that weren't originally meant to be part of man's experience. Right. Maybe even things that were created from the serpent. Mm Mm-hmm. And God's looking at this and, and like, you know, this is crazy. Uh, We're going to start over. And... So 
he picks out a man and some animals and says, this is what I'm going to save. Everything else is gone. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a thought. <laughs> it's, it's a, it, but it, it's a good story. Too. Yeah. It would be a good story. Okay. Anyway, cause you, I, I've been thinking about that ever since we talked about it. it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> won't leave my mind. So I had to say it somewhere. Well, uh, yeah. Maybe now you can think about something else. Yeah. We'll think about this, uh, crazy document from, uh, Francis, who the latest from Pope Francis, uh, for the first time in his pontificate, I think clarifies something. You know, everything well, okay. else he just ignores, <laughs> and we so, ask him uh, questions like, "What do you mean when you say this?" And he just ignores it, and he won't talk yeah. about it. But here, when he's coming down and you know putting his boot on our necks, then he's gonna, yeah, I'm gonna clarify. So I don't, I don't, it's just pretty mean. If you ask me, and it is. It is pretty getting mean. him closer to what he wants to do, which is eliminate the TLM, and uh, you know, as as we've been saying from the start, he does have the authority. But let's go over some of these questions. Um, where are we? What question one? Um, they are asking. Can the diocesan bishop ask the congregation for divine worship? And the discipline of the sacraments for a dispensation from the motu proprio itself. Okay. So oh, the, okay, so this is the, actually the, there's there's a broader context of this question. When it's not possible, so you have to understand the motu proprio itself originally said in every diocese where there's a group that celebrates the traditional mass. Mm-hmm. The bishop has to identify, assign, and designate a place where they can celebrate that mass. And okay. it can't be a regular parish church. Okay. So what they're asking here is when it's not uh, possible to find a church oratory or chapel which is available to accommodate the faithful who celebrate using the 1962 Missal, can the bishop ask the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments which is a, dios- a Vatican dicastery, for mm-hmm. a dispensation from the provision, <clears throat> Article 3, par- uh, Paragraph 2, which says that it can't be a regular parish and thus allow a separ- separ- celebration in the parish church. Mm-hmm. So, and so they say, okay, okay yeah. Yeah, but you can ask. Weird. I mean, that's uh, like, can I ask for a raise? Sure, go oh, ahead and ask yeah, for a well, raise. Sure, you can ask. <laughs> no, you can't have a raise. Um, but it, it, and it indicates that they would grant such permission. Um, but it says the congregation, um, of the divine worship and, and discipline of the sacraments mm-hmm. exercising the authority in matters within its competence can grant at the request of the bishop that the parish church is used. Uh, such a celebration should not be included in the parish mass schedule. Get the, the oh Vatican. yeah, I remember. Okay, the Vatican that's insane. is micromanaging what a priest can put in his parish mass schedule through the bishop. You're not allowed to tell people that you have the Tridentine Mass there. That's, yeah, you and can't it says, advertise since it. It is attended only by the faithful who are members of the said group. That's one of the things. That's it's kind stupid. of a, a pernicious a aspect of, of the motu proprio itself 
is this idea that everybody who attends this mass is a member of some distinct particular group. Yeah. And, and I don't I don't know anyone who aren't. are members of these groups. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a Catholic. I just like to go to this mass. Right. I'm Catholic. That's a, that's the group I belong um, to. I'm Catholic. Finally, it should not be held at the same time as the pastoral activities of the parish community. And it's to be understood that when another menu becomes available, this permission is to be withdrawn. This makes it, I mean, if anybody had any doubt before, this makes it clear that the purpose of the motu proprio is to segregate, set apart, and uh, wall off the traditional mass goers with a view to eventually just choking it out altogether. That yeah. That is the clear intention. Um, if, and it shows up it's, here. It's so, uh, it's just so mean. Well, you guys, you know, <laughs> I don't, I can't say anything else about it. It's mean. And, and it says this, there's no intention to marginalize the faithful who are rooted in the previous form, but... We are reminding oh, them gonna... that this is not an opportunity to promote the previous right. So yeah. you're not allowed to use this as an opportunity to promote the traditional mass. What the heck are they scared of? You know, what are That's they scared weird. of? Why? It's, why it's do like, they have to do this if the if the this is... if if the new right is that great? Why are they so scared of it? Of us? Yeah, I mean, you you go to go go to parish hopping from. You know, mm-hmm. city to city to city in the United States, and I, I don't know what percent. I, I I was listening to another podcast, and and um, somebody said gave like one percent of the Catholic population attend the the traditional mass. Yeah. I that would shock me if it's that yeah. high. I don't even think it's that. The, I mean, okay, yeah, it's growing, but why does it merit all this attention? It's so tiny. Yeah. Um, and what is the the fear of it, the thing is it's so tiny that it it seems like silly and petty and ridiculous for anybody to talk about this as as some kind of uh force for disunity within the church yeah just because it's such a tiny yeah. group i you know on the one hand we could say uh it's getting the attention because it is growing and because it's churning out more priests than everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, there's also, it's, I think it, it tells us the kind of, um, the kind of force we're against here. I don't want, because I'm sorry, I, the Tridentine Mass is better than the Novus Ordo. It just is. <laughs> yeah, and and I think uh it's objectively Satan bad. knows this. And so it's like I, I'm it's like I'm yeah, I'm, not, I'm gonna stamp out every bit of it. I don't want Stamping anything. Stamping out the traditional mass is is there's no doubt that this is a, is a, is a diabolical thing. But here's here's the thing that 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 it it is it's really awkward for good Catholics, solid Catholics like us, because here's the thing. It's, it would be incorrect to think that the problem with this motu proprio 
is that people <clears throat> ought to just be allowed to have whatever mask they yeah. want. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It, I mean, uh, you know, you. It's not a question. I think of there freedom. may be it's... there may be a lot of people who are sympathetic to our situation now, mm-hmm. seeing it as a like you put it, you know, a, a, a boot on our necks, and they're seeing it as you know denying us a freedom. But right. that's the wrong way to view it too. <laughs> right. Um, so it, it's. It's really a uh, it, it's a diabolical thing. It's it's a it's a it's a an attempt by Satan, I think, to stamp out a mass that is truly good and superior. And and m- the more it grows, the more it will benefit and bless the church. Yeah. Um, this next question, this is the one that keeps uh, confusing me. I, I okay, I don't. Yeah, I can. I don't understand some it. answers here. Okay. So the question is. Is it possible, according to the provisions of the Motu Proprio Traditionis Custodis, to celebrate the sacraments with the Rituale Romanum and the Pontificale Romanum, which predate the liturgical reform of the Second Vatican Council? They're saying, all right, under the Motu Proprio back in, when was it, July? Mm-hmm. Um, can, in, in those places where the bishop is allowing the older mass... Can they also use the older forms of the sacraments? Uh, the sacraments themselves. Go okay, ahead. go ahead. What, what, but sacraments as in like marriage and marriage, confirmation, confirmation, baptism, um, holy orders, and and here's the thing. So the holy orders would fall under the Pontificale Romanum because those sacraments are reserved for the bishop. The sacraments that are performed by the priest that you know, not reserved for the bishop, are in the Rituale Romanum. So marriage oh. and, and so forth. Okay, okay, that's what no one had explained to me. So, uh, Rituale Romanum is something a priest can do. Pontificale Romanum is something the bishop can do. Got to be a bishop. I right. see. So, <clears throat> the strict answer is negative. However, it, it has a... Um, a qualification that the diocesan bishop is authorized to grant permission to use the rituale romanum, the the older one, mm-hmm. but not the pontificale romanum, um, and he can only grant this permission to those canonically erected personal parishes, which, according to the provisions, uh, celebrate using the the old. Missile. Okay. Um, to okay, what is. What sticks out to me here is that um, it says negative, and then it says the bishop is authorized to grant permission for this and not for this. But generally, right. the bishop is not asking to grant permission for that. He's asking to uh, celebrate that. You know what I mean? Right. So there's a little so, bit of a wordplay there, I think. Well, th- no, I mean, think of th- the the question should be thought of as applying. Um, I'm just looking for a first and foremost here. to the priests. Yeah. So the bishop says, "Okay, we've got a group that celebrates the traditional traditional mass. This group has a place to do it. They can do it at this in this building. Okay, everything's good. Can that group use the old?" Um, for old old rites for other sacraments, the answer is no. Uh, under the modo proprio, they can't. But uh, for those sacraments in the rituale romanum, 
the bishop can grant that group permission to uh, use that the okay. over sacraments. Okay. But he can't um, grant permission to use the Pontificale Romanum, which would be weird because he would just be giving himself permission. Yeah, that's my point. He doesn't grant permission so, to do that. He never grants permission to do that. He just does it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I guess so. I'm just, you know, I don't know. If I were a kid being told, um, you know, you can't uh, give someone a cookie, I would be like, I didn't give someone okay, a cookie. I, I just a, went I and took a myself. cookie and I ate it. You know, <laughs> that's not giving myself a cookie. <laughs> but, it is a weird yeah. wording. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one. All right. <clears throat> To the proposed question, th- this is kind of weird. I want to ask you if you're are you, are you reading this on the Vatican's website? Yes. If it um, yeah. Did you do you see the sudden change in? I, I mean, maybe it's just a suddenly a, it's in italics. A typer. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. That's weird. I, it's probably just a typo in in the construction of the website or something like that. Okay, if a priest who has been granted the use of the old missile does not recognize the validity and legitimacy of concelebration. And in particular, if he refuses to concelebrate at the chrism mass, uh, the chrism mass is a special mass where the bishop of a diocese concelebrates with one or more of the priests of that diocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what other significance it has. I, I don't know if that's the mass where they best bless the chrism oils or something like that, but but it's a special mass that involves the concelebration with the bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he if he does if he does not recognize the validity and legitimacy the that it's valid and legal to concelebrate, can he continue to benefit from the concession from the permission to use yeah. the old missile? The answer is no, he can't. Now I am not sure I because I've known about concelebration for. A while, mm-hmm. um, and to me, concelebration is is weird conceptually because the priest at mass, the priest who's saying the mass, is an altar Christus. He's a, a, another yeah. Christ. He is speaking and acting in the person of Christ. Um, yeah. So for multiple priests to do that at the same time within the same act that that's it's just plain weird yeah. I, maybe there's some manner in which it's valid i you know i i can't speak to that um and if it is valid then if the church makes it legal then it's obviously legitimate that doesn't make it non-weird yeah it doesn't make it conceptually uh, not yeah weird. goofy it, it's stupid <laughs> yeah. it's uh so i guess so, there are a priests apparently who refuse to concelebrate. I yeah. If I don't know, I if I were a priest, of course I'm not a priest, so maybe they know a lot. Well, they certainly know a lot more than I do. I would be like, okay, whatever, I'll concelebrate, and I would stand there, and I don't think I would even say the prayers, but. Uh, there i've concelebrated yeah, i don't know whether it's like I, I don't know whether concelebration like whether they have like certain prayers that all the priests say together or is it just the fact that they're there and at certain times 
extend their hands or I, I, I don't if even it, know really what concelebration is, but knowing what the mass is, I know that concelebration is a goofy concept. That, yeah. That there's no real room mesh, for it. It doesn't mesh well with the theology of the mass. What he could do is say, I'll concelebrate through Zoom. And so <laughs> since, just as since the online masses are every bit as good as the in-person masses, I'll just do it from here and uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll take care of my, I don't know, I, I really hope bishops ignore this because that puts it on the bishop to find out what the priest's uh, feelings are on that, yeah. which now, he could... Is- he could just say, well, he didn't tell me that he doesn't believe in concelebration, so I yeah, didn't know. Yeah, he just doesn't you know? do it. <laughs> and I don't push. He, I mean. Um, yeah, that's a, if the bishop doesn't ask him, he can't refuse. And so bishops ought to just not bother asking the priest to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. a goofy thing anyway. A bishop shouldn't want to do it anyway. Yeah, I um, would be embarrassed by it if I were a bishop. I'd be like, all right, come on. We all got to do this, the Pope said. Uh, just put your hand up and say the words, all right? You know, you've got to intend to do have, what the church does. We, we, won't have a, we won't have a congregation. We'll just all just yeah, do it and just, get out of here. We'll tell them it's a COVID mass. That's right. It's a secret. Okay. Now here's here's what's funny. You know the, the language that 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 you see coming out of this uh, papal administration. I guess it's yeah. just so stupid. Did you you ever see the movie uh, Red with with Bruce Willis and and uh, uh, Red John L-E-A-D. John yeah R E D Bruce Willis John Malkovich Red. Um, Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Um, and uh, oh, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Um, it, it's it's short for uh, retired, extremely dangerous. It's about an old bunch of old, you know, CIA guys who are retired and then targeted for elimination. Mm-hmm. For it's got um, oh shoot, who's the black guy too? Um, Just tell me what th- the movie's about. Anyway, <laughs> point is. It doesn't even matter what the movie's about. The point is, there's okay. a movie Red Two, and in the movie Red Two, Bruce Bruce Willis is in, in the um, you know, and he's basically in love with the girl. But um, John Malkovich is trying to tell him who. It's kind of funny because John Malkovich's character is like really messed up psychologically and, and stuff. But yeah, um, he's trying to tell him that you need to make the run to safety. Uh, and he's using it as a metaphor. He's, he's, he, and he explains that, you know, like when you're pinned down and the bullets are flying, but you have to make the run through the bullets to get to safety. You have to make the run to emotional safety. And, you know, he's using okay. this metaphor. And it's just funny. But here's the thing. So, like, this paragraph in this, this answer to the, uh, uh, the concelebration question... Yeah. Um, so the answer is negative, and then it says, however, before revoking the concession to use the old missile, the bishop should take care to establish a fraternal dialogue with the priest to ascertain that this attitude does not exclude the validity and legit- legitimacy of the liturgical reform, the teaching of the Second Vatican Council, and the magisterium of the Supreme Pontiffs, and to 
accompany him towards an understanding of the value of concelebration, particularly at the Christmas. I wonder if anyone knows the value of concelebration. I'd like someone to to explain it to me. What does it mean to accompany someone towards an understanding? I'm going to accompany you towards an understanding (laughs) of how cars work. Yeah. Just yeah, it's the way it he says so things is just retarded. <laughs> and it's like it would be I mean it, it's like satire except he believes it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this should be an SNL or a Monty Python skit. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Company. It, that's where it belongs. <clears throat> this is our church. Yep. For now. Yeah. Okay. Uh next question. And you know, this one's in italic, too. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it has two question marks at the end, too. Well, what is oh, what is the deal with it's that? It's emphasis. It's like two exclamation points. Like, I really yeah. exclaim this. And, I and, really, really and, I really it. ask this. <laughs> I'm dying to know. <laughs> okay. In Eucharistic celebrations using the Old Missal, is it possible to use the full text of the Bible... For the readings, choosing the paracopes indicated in the missile. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm going to look up um, that word first of all. Periscopes. Paracopes, not periscopes. Oh, I was going to say. It's an extract, especially a passage from the Bible. Okay, so is it possible to use the full text of the Bible choosing the extracts indicated in the missile? I don't know what that, I don't even know what that means. Choosing the... Extracts, use indicated the full the text, choosing the extracts. Choosing the extracts indicated in the missile. That makes no what sense. What does that whatever. mean? Since I mean, the text of the readings are contained in the missile itself, and therefore no separate lectionary, and in order to observe the provisions, one must necessarily resort to the translations approved by the individual conferences. Why would no, no priest celebrating the... Uh, Tridentine Mass would use anything other than what's in the Missal. Oh, I know what it is. Okay, so the Missal itself has the Latin. Mm-hmm. But the Motu Proprio says that you also have to read the vernacular. You know how, how after oh, the readings, yeah. the priest... Okay. Which is really annoying for those weekend weekday Masses when you want it to be quick and short, and now the priest is forced... To go yeah. and, and read it in English again or whatever. Yeah, he's okay, trying to get so people they're saying during our lunch can, hour. But for the vernacular readings, you've got to use a translation of the Bible approved by your local bishop, which conference. isn't necessarily in the missal that they have. Right. So you okay. you read the Latin because that's within the missal, and then they're saying, okay, can we go and read within the vernacular part? The specific selections that are represented in the Latin. I think that's what, what they're asking. And the answer is yes, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Okay. All right. But it does, it does give a, a, in the explanatory note, this is interesting. No vernacular lectionaries may be published that reproduce the cycle of readings of the previous rite. So nobody's allowed to publish a lectionary that has, like, the English uh, readings of the Mass, except 
they're the readings from the old, the traditional mass. Wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Because there's no lectionary with the old mass. Because the readings are in the missal itself, right? Okay. So what the priest has to do is he has to he has to go to the reading, do it, but then he has to prepare for mass, go get a Bible that's a pro- an approved translation, find that same passage in English, and, and they're saying it or write it down or something like that to be I able can't, to read it afterwards. I can't pre-prepare all that text and publish it in a book. That's what they're saying. Oh, guess what I'm going to do? You have to do it each each one. That's let's put it online. Yeah, I'll put it. No, we won't I'll call do it more a lectionary. It's, no, it's we'll, not a lectionary. It's yeah. just a it's just a collection aid, of readings, a preparation yeah. aid. Let's, you know let's what? Call it a, a, a traditional I, mass pr- preparation aid. I'll do more than that. You'll be able to buy it. Uh, oh, that's and, right. Uh, printed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be mm-hmm. easy. Uh, we don't have to worry about copyrights because. Um, I mean, it's we can use Douay Reams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so just something that's. I wonder if oh, the Douay yeah. Reams is considered because it has to be approved for liturgical use oh. by the Conference of Catholic Bishops, and they are in the pockets of the publishers and the copyright. Oh yeah, but hmm, that's why everything we do. Okay, but today is okay. So what is the priest going to do? Can the priest read out of the Douay Reams? That's what well, I, I think he has to use something stupid like the New American Bible or something like that. I think I think the original motu proprio specifies that. Okay, we should find out because it would really be. I, I mean, it, it would take a, a lot of busy work, but you're looking at maybe a three month project, and we can have a printed or uh, downloadable version of it that we could sell for pretty cheap. Like mm-hmm. less than ten bucks, and yeah. we could make it available to everyone on Amazon, and anyone could get it. Okay, so here's so in the motu proprio, I'm I'm reading it says yeah. the bishops of these dioceses where there's groups that celebrate the old mass uh, are to establish that in these celebrations the readings are proclaimed in the vernacular language using translations of the sacred scripture approved for liturgical use by the respective uh, conferences. So it has to be approved for mass by the USCCB. So were those, um, are there any? Which I think the only one right now is the New American Bible. Okay, but at one time, I, I mean, has it been that way since 1970? No, it's that way in the motu proprio. It's that way as of July 2021. No, no, no. no. What I mean is uh, the approved um, vernaculars, has it always been the same book? Oh, I I think, yes. I think the New American Bible was the approved version for liturgical use when the English Mass was first rolled out in the United States. That alone makes the English mass suck. Stupid, I know, because that's a crappy It's such a bad translation. Yeah. Okay, so so I guess technically it wouldn't make any difference to have this because they couldn't the use it other than uh, other than us actually stealing the copyrighted content and uh 
putting it which, together. Yeah, yeah. Then we like I said, the bishops are in the pockets of the publishers anyway, which is why everything yeah, we read shame. at mass is copyrighted today. Yeah, and that's why you know, I mean, gosh, I mean, we do have our our old standby traditional hymns, but the music too. Look how much of it is copyrighted. It's you terrible. Know, if you're if you're writing something yeah. to glorify God, you're not going to slap a copyright on it. You're going to say, "Hey, everybody, take it, copy it, sing yeah. it, um, use it." Well, that's not what that Bible's for, right? Okay, def- okay. So, unfortunately, yeah, it, it's kind of a weird way of wording it, but I, I, that's what yeah. they're going for. Is is we, we want to sell more by <laughs> even yeah. among you traditional mass goers, we we, we want to sell. You still got to buy our copyrighted. Yeah. Our yeah. Uh, our we want to line the pockets of our publishers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question: Does the diocesan bishop have to be authorized by the apostolic see to allow priests ordained after the publication of the motu proprio to celebrate with the old missal? The answer is affirmative. This is just stated directly. That's in, in the, the apostolic letter. That was the in the original. I wonder why that question is even here. Like it's like saying, do you really mean it? I guess so. Priests ordained after the publication of the present motu proprio who wish to celebrate with the old missal should submit a formal request to the bishop who shall consult the apostolic see before granting this authorization. I don't know. It's, that's uh, that's weird. That, yeah. That they would It's a, it's a weird thing to put uh-huh. in there at all okay. i i think uh again i think we've talked about this some of this junk is just typed up by some idiot working in an office it's like we need words to say um can you add text to this yeah. i mean we have to make this look substantial um let's add text and use words like accompany on the understanding instead of just explain to you know and it's all it's like just bureaucracy mm-hmm. this is the kind of things that come out of bureau, uh, bureaucracies yeah it's just it is. stupid it's, yeah and this weird micromanagement like <laughs> yeah put in your parish bulletin oh my gosh <laughs> i mean the fact that that rome is micromanaging parish bulletins regarding this. This shows you how, you know, there is really something bad going on within the church regarding the traditional mass. Again, I I don't understand anyone who hasn't been red-pilled on this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to a point where I don't even know how to explain red-pilled because some people will be like, well, yeah, I'm not denying what you're saying. There's some bad people in the church. But no, it's not just bad people. Um, It's a diabolical force at work. That's the thing. The the bad people are only bad because they're allowing themselves to be moved and manipulated by a deeper diabolical force. This is satanic, not just bad people doing stupid stuff. Not just and, human selfishness. And there are people at the top who are in total cooperation with it. Yeah. This is really bad. We want to stamp out any kind of reverence paid to Jesus Christ and the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. No more Eucharist. No more reverence. You, you know, no more on the tongue. It's, uh, it's terrible. Last 
question. All right, it's not the last question though. There's a bunch of oh. like questions. Oh, there's that a whole, don't okay. I see. There's a bunch of quick explanations. Ones. Yeah. Okay. okay. Can the faculty to celebrate using the old missile be granted odd tempest? That odd tempest just means for a time. Um, yeah. And the answer is yes. So the bishop can say, yes, I grant you this faculty, but it only lasts for the next six years or something like that. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I mean, as the bishop, yes, of course he has the power to do that. That's yeah, I wouldn't even question. think that's Why? a question. <laughs> Who asked that? That's that's like, yeah. I, uh, in fact, I, I saw a podcast that my future daughter-in-law sent me that where a, a lawyer, I think he, he leans... Um, skews uh, SSPX, mm-hmm. but he—he's—I mean—he's looking at. It was like, who the heck would ask this question? Nobody you asked know, this question. And I you think know, he's when right you, about that. When you go to a company meeting and it's like, okay, we've got the gist of everything that we're supposed to know out of this meeting, but there's always that jackass who raises his hands and has to ask a stupid question that is only taking up time it's like okay what you just asked is right there in your memo just look at it you don't need to ask this and you don't need to make us late for lunch that's right that's right okay okay um uh this is another one of those stupid questions yeah the okay does the faculty granted by the bishop to celebrate with the old missile only apply in the territory of his own diocese. Well, that's, that's always been yeah. the, the the way it is. So so bishops grant any faculty granted by a bishop only applies in his own diocese. And so for example, a priest needs like let's say a priest is traveling to another diocese, he has to receive faculties from that diocese bishop before he can, for example, hear confessions. Yeah. That's always been a thing. That's the, yeah. All right. Uh, if the authorized priest is absent or can't attend, must the person replacing him also have formal authorization? They say yes. That's so, been true. Uh, okay. As yeah, far that's, as I know. that's fine. Um, I mean, if, if you have to have authorization to do it, you have to have authorization to do it. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Now we've gotten back and we've stopped doing italics for the uh, questions. Yeah. Um, do deacon... Oh, this is interesting. Do deacons and instituted ministers participating in celebrations using the old missile have to be authorized by the diocesan bishop? Um, I think this includes servers. Really? That's what I was about to ask. I mean, because unlike the modern mass where anybody, any old person could just get up and serve, all they're doing is, you know, carrying a few things here and there, whatever. Yeah. The the role of the server in the old missal is a institution. It's much more formalized for one thing. They have an actual liturgical um liturgically specified set of actions that they have to perform and to be a server in the old rite, you were supposed to have been uh, received the minor order of acolyte. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that at these various places where they do the old mass, whether the you know servers do you know where they have received the the minor order or not. Yeah, but well, I know that's how I know that they be. go through some serious training. Can, yeah. No yeah. one can just get up and do it. Yeah. 
It's not like... Um, so I, I think this technically applies to servers, and I kind of think it's meant to make it harder by making it apply to servers. Yeah, okay. This is one of those that's like, I don't think anybody... This, this, this is one of those questions that makes you think, okay, nobody asked this. The Holy See is well. Pope They're Francis. just putting on just a few more to make it more regulations. Burdensome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Affirmative. Did you catch that? Affirmative. Affirmative. Gosh, the, uh, they were they, in such a rush to get this out yeah. before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, they misspelled affirmative they, with an e just, instead of an so i. Stupid. Yeah, affirmative. I didn't even see that. Okay. Uh, okay, now we're back to italics. Yeah. Uh, can, can a priest who is authorized to celebrate with the old missile and who, because of his office, like parish priest or chaplain, also celebrates on weekdays with the... Nova it says Florida. the Miss, Missala Romanum of the reform of the Second Vatican Council. Hey, guys. I don't even know what the hell that means. It doesn't exist. We don't yeah. have a missile... According to the reforms of the Second Vatican Council, we have the yeah. new mass, which is not of the Second Vatican Council. Okay, so, and I think, let's assume that's what they mean. Uh, so a priest who celebrates on weekdays with the new mass, can he binate using the old mass? I'm not sure what they're asking. It says... Binate? He's, yeah, I, I'm going to... I mean, I think binate means celebrate both versions of the mass. At the but, same time? Or... Yeah, what does he mean? But what do they Either mean? I don't even know what they're meaning. Oh, so, wait a minute. Is it true that you can only say one mass per day? I think I heard someone oh, talking about Oh, maybe that. that's it. Yes, a priest is supposed to only be saying one mass per day. So he can't go also say the Latin one. He either says the English one or the right. Latin one. Right, okay. And since um, anyone... I don't... It, I don't know if this is the rule now. I know it was. It's like you couldn't have a parish, um, or at least it was in our diocese, um, you couldn't have a parish celebrating the Latin rite instead of the English rite. You could add the Latin oh. rite, but you could. So in that case, you would have to have two priests if you wanted to do both. Okay, because the regular priest, because he's the parish priest and he doesn't have an associate, he might have to say two or three masses on Sunday, but he can't take one of those masses and say, let's make it the old rite. He would have to either add an old rite mass and have another priest come in for that or drop a mass and then he could add an old right mass, but it would still have to be another priest. And he can't drop the mass. That was some of the original rules. Remember, that's why all the Latin masses were like at 2 p.m. in some. Yeah. Always yeah. really either it's out. Kind of weird. It's, it's there kind of like. Or bad Because it's like he could, he could drop a mass for other reasons. He could say, you know, we don't yeah. have as much attendance. Let's drop the mass in order to consolidate and. The, the we'll, we'll just a have more. a Eucharistic celebration or, or a, a communion service is what they call them, where, yeah. where there's no mass, you just pass out communion. And but but if it's a but if, if the uh, if the traditional mass is, if you're going to try to put sniffing around, Latin then you can't mass. do no that. Way. You can't drop no a mass way. then because you might be replacing. Okay, it. that's what this is. Just another 
another limitations to make it harder to have a Latin yeah. mass. And more stupid, petty yeah. micromanagement, yeah. too, of stuff that bishops should completely just be able to make the decisions themselves. There shouldn't be a Roman decision on oh. this. Oh, you know what? All it, right. The next question uh, reiterates what I just said, it looks like. Okay, can a priest authorized to celebrate using the old missile celebrate on the same day with the same missile for another group? Oh, no. Who have received... Okay. Oh, can he celebrate the old missile t- for two different groups ah, on the same day? Can which he is go what to happens. St. Monica's and celebrate their morning mass and then go down to Kentucky and celebrate an afternoon mass for a different group. Okay. No, he yeah, can't. this is BS. Well, actually, I, w- I don't even know if that applies because that's two different dioceses, but <laughs> you get my yeah. point. Um, yeah, I mean, but that, but that's a serious thing because as the Tridentine Mass grows, um, there are groups in various cities within the same diocese who... It's either, and, and they don't have enough priests, so one priest is often saying several masses, Latin masses, for different groups. I know that's happening, or at least it yeah. was. And yeah, and that's... This is just, This again, is specifically there to do away with that, to restrict and compress and wall off and segregate traditional mass goers. He's got his knee on her neck, and he's just squeezing a little bit harder. So, I don't know if I brought this up in in the um, in a previous podcast, but I, I mean, I know a lot of people think uh, they look at the world at large. Okay, go ahead. A lot of people look at the world at large, and they think that there's no way that we can't be close to the end times. Um, there's no way that God can't be just about ready to come in and and show his kingly glory and and take earth back for himself and wipe everything out and you know do whatever and then of course those who, of, of a more traditional conservative um, bent you know a, a more Catholic bent within the Catholic Church um, see the, kind of follow along the same lines with the church itself it's like wait this is the church of Christ and look how crazy it's gotten where you know the Pope himself is putting his his boot on the necks of people who love Jesus and want to show reverence and want to worship the Father through Jesus in the traditional mass while allowing every kind of, of stupidity and goofiness and irreverence in the new mass. And so they see this as, oh, this must be, you know, it, it's got to be close to the time. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I just want to remind everybody that, you know, we had a persecution at the beginning of Christianity from outside the church. And now you could think of this as a new persecution. Okay, it's a persecution of the spirit, not a persecution of the body. They're They're not coming in. Okay, there's persecutions of Christians of the body happening in places like the Middle East, and we're being persecuted by the world, by convenience, by, you know, stupid rules 
Um, yeah. You know, the, the mass lockdowns and that kind of stuff. But this persecution from within the church is a persecution of the spirit. We might be forced to go to stupid Novus Ordo masses in order to go to mass. Um, but keep in mind that God allowed the first persecution, the the age of martyrs, where people were being dragged out and executed and tortured in all kinds of horrible ways physically for being Christian. God allowed that to go on for 300 years before changing it and bringing Christianity into dominance. Um, If this is really a second persecution, but one from within the church, um, he will sustain us. But we should not imagine that just because we feel like, wow, something's got to give, um, that it's going to give within the next 10 or 20 years. Yeah. God works in his own time. And, you know, you know, God hastens to bring about his plan. Well, 300 years was hastening to bring about the flourishing of, of, Christianity within society and within culture after the age of martyrs uh, in, in in the early history of the church. We don't know how long it's this right. situation okay. is going to... I almost, you know, I kind of wonder is this going to be like... You, you remember the... Um, I'm trying to remember which king it was um, of the Israelites who discovered the old scrolls in the temple that contained the law. The law had been forgotten and the king of the Hebrews discovered the scrolls and then reinstituted the law uh, and found favor both with God and the Israelites mm-hmm. because of it. Well, it, the old mass could be something like that. Yeah. His, history may be oriented in that trajectory. I don't know. We just have to trust God. And if God calls us to do things that are unpalatable... As long as they're not sinful, we may have to put up with them. We might. I would say um, our chief duty is to to find a way to make our kids love the tradition. Yeah. It's harder when you can't go to Mass. It's a lot harder. You, yeah. you try to yeah. explain to a kid or to a young man... Um, the beauty of the tradition of the church, and then he goes to mass and he sees uh, all this just craziness, stupid, and it's like, stupidness. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. This is stupid. I'm not coming here. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's, I guess our our that's going to be our battle, and um, I think we're looking for a mirror. We're looking for something big to solve all this. Um, but the miracle might not be big. The miracle oh, right. might just be us somehow sustaining the faith and, and keeping the faith. Yeah. Well, you know, and I watched a podcast the other day. Um, I, I guess I can say who it was, right? It was Timothy Gordon. Yeah. Um, and he he had a really good point, I thought. Um, he said, look, if, if if this is what God's asking us to do... Then, you know, stop having the traditional mass available to us. If that's mm-hmm. what God's asked, he's asking it for a reason. And that yeah. reason is evangelization. 
if the Pope is going to say, you can't have your traditional Mass anymore, you have to go to these Novus Ordo parishes, well then we should go there and we should be loud. And we should complain about the abuses of the Mass. We should complain about all the ways that they're not doing it by the book. And we should complain about all the heterodoxy and all the goofy sermons. We should go to the priest and confront him and make ourselves an annoyance and a gadfly to everybody Mm -hmm. in these parishes who wants to turn it into some kind of performance or some kind of uh, feel-good retreat or or whatever. Uh, Basically, make ourselves unwelcome so that, you know, they, they either begin to realize, wait a minute, these people are right, and and actually, it's not going to be that they realize we're right. It's going to be that right. those who who quietly already know that we're right become emboldened by our actions. Yeah. And then we take back. And we marginalize and push aside those who are destroying the church with either the goofiness of the teachings or the misdirectedness of the mass, or whatever. Yeah, that that would be but, the plan. We have to go yeah. evangelize the uh, the Catholics who have stopped being Catholic. Yeah, the now, church needs evangelization, and maybe it's going to come from the traditionalists. Could yeah, that's that. This could be God's way of putting us there, so that instead of going off by ourselves, we're forced to evangelize. Now, it it becomes a lot harder because now we're not, if this isn't available, we're not raising our children in a regular uh, situation of seeing true worship uh, as Um, as it's supposed to to be presented to the Father. Um, Instead, they're seeing, you know, artsy-fartsy concerts by, you know, by choir, you know, the, the bands that play at Mass and stuff like that. Okay, so maybe we need to do a podcast about ways to do just that. Ways to bring young men into the faith or to make them appreciate the faith when the traditional Mass is not available. Like certain prayers that you could make a habit of saying mm-hmm. that would show right. them the That's true... The uh, nobility of the faith. Or, or yeah, you can go to the Mass and you could just say the prayers of the old rite, quietly. Oh. Why couldn't you do that? You know, there's only a couple of prayers that have changed from the old rite. There's the confidier, yeah, the confession, um, and then there's that goofy prayer uh, that that everybody says right after the consecration. Yeah. Um, which is kind of stupid. I mean, it's, it's the fact that not only do they interrupt the, you proclaim the faith of, yeah, but they often do it with music, which other than that, you're not supposed to even have any instruments playing during the Eucharistic prayer. So it's, it's really a goofy kind of thing, but, but those two things, as far as I know, are the only things that, were retained from the old mass, but changed their wordings in, mm-hmm. in the Latin. All the other prayers in the Latin of the new mass are, are still the original formula. The Gloria, 
the Kyrie, which is Greek, not Latin, but yeah. but you know that's the same. Anya's day, Quitolus Well, sadly, um, I, I this is like one of the things that bugs me the most is uh, what's that? The prayers at the foot of the altar were just they're they're trash. gone. It's like they're, we're, they're gone. We're and, not going to say the prayers. And reciting Psalm forty two is gone. I think we don't do that I, anymore. I, I, that was when I started going to the Latin Mass. That, and when I finally figured out how to read it, um, that was what impressed me the most. Yeah. But you know what? You could read that before Mass. Mm-hmm. And you could read it during Mass. Yeah, you, you could don't read have it while, to talk. You, you don't have to sing respond. while they're doing their, their, their stupid procession and while Father's doing his dumb greeting and, yeah. you know, chatting up. You could the just be reading the Missal. You can be reading those. So you could read them. You could be reading that. Uh, you can say quietly those prayers which have not actually changed in Latin, and you would actually be saying the same mass as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you say it in Latin, you may as well use the old one for the confidier. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, well, I, I actually, see, do I don't say, say them in, in Latin. Latin anyway. But you can just. Oh, I mean, okay. Yeah. You, if you knew the English, you we could go to the, the low mass anyway. One. Yeah. Uh, so nobody talks at all, and That's we all true. just read our missiles. <laughs> so if I you went just, to a Novus Ordo, I would just do that. Yeah. That's just what read I would the do. During mass. I would walk in with my little red book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and a printed out uh, just readings, just read and they'd be like, yeah. "What's that? Oh, that's the real missile. You guys yeah. got the fake one. That's the co- you so guys you got the copyrighted that. one. Actually, that's that's right. You had you got your 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 missile. Your uh, mass is all bound up with copyrights and stuff. Mine, I didn't pay get, my copyright fees, God. so I'm going to say the the old yeah. one because I didn't. You, I didn't yours pay belongs to the state. Mine belongs to God. Yeah. Um, okay, but things like plus, that. Yeah, you could do that. It plus, could the other thing is on your kids the, more the stupid parts of the mass. Okay, um, when okay, everybody's like, shaking hands. Everybody stop and shake hands. Well, I'm thinking like so. First of all, the Gloria. Now it's not enough that they have to have stupid music for the Gloria, but they make it a like a folk song with verses and a refrain. Did you ever yeah. notice that at the new masses? Yeah, some of them are doing it, yeah. So it's like, okay, when they start that, say your Gloria, and then spend the rest of the time praying a rosary until they're Yeah, that, that's kind of what I do if I go to a Novus Ordo yeah. anyway. When when you get to the, the offertory, I mean, you know, they don't really, they, they don't you do the offertory prayers, and it's, instead they have the stupid offertory song. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, the song follows these... They call it the universal prayers. The one, you know, um, you know, for this intention, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That kind of stuff. Oh my gosh! That, I say that the rosary so during that. So much. I don't even yeah. do that, especially, especially during these these stupid seasons. Okay, the seasons are not stupid, but they get stupid during these seasons like Advent and Lent, yeah. where they want to somehow. It's like they want to be different, and so they come up with this this stupid cutesy stuff like. They'll chant, let us pray to the Lord. Yeah. And then everybody's supposed to chant, Lord, hear our prayer. But they're supposed to overlay the Lord of let us pray to the Lord with the Lord of Lord, hear our prayer. So that everybody says the word Lord at the same time. Um, or I've never like, heard that one. 
You've never heard that? Yeah. So no. it sounds like, let us pray to the Lord, hear our prayer, like that. <laughs> it's stupid. It oh is gosh. so stupid and, and infantile. And oh, then there's I got, this, I, this thing well, that they want to make... Well, now that they're getting political, too. Well, yeah. The, the, the intentions the are, they itself get more and more up, political. They can be political. So, so I just say my rosary during that. And then after that, they have this, the offertory song where the band gets to perform again. Oh, I say my, my rosary during that. I don't bother. You know, it's like, oh, and the whole responsorial psalm between the first and second readings. Yeah. Has become another performance another opportunity gay thing. for the band. Yeah, I say my rosary during that. I hate to say this, but you know what? This I get almost a full rosary during mass. <laughs> What's that? I said I'm sorry to say this same kind of stuff happens at the Tridentine Mass. Does it? I know several masses where the choir has taken over the mass, and that mass ends up being two and a half hours just because we got to sit around and listen to the choir. And <laughs> that is that, that is true. Bugs that can happen. the daylights out me. Yeah. I mean, I would rather go to a Nova Sordo than here. No, I guess not because the music's better. But yeah. it's still, it's like, okay, we're going to all sit down and listen for like, they slow, sometimes some choirs will like slow down the tempo to where you're sitting there listening to the Gloria for like 15 minutes. Oh, okay. I think that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I just, I don't see any reason for that. It's, you know, I... To I me, that's I every bit as bad as the Novus Ordo. That, uh, you know, I think I heard that uh, St. Augustine, um, mm-hmm. in, in one of his, you know, letters or communications with somebody or, or something, was considering and debating and evaluating the question of whether or not chant, singing, should mm-hmm. be allowed at the Mass. That... that and, and this is, you know, 400 years into Christianity, and they still had not introduced singing at Mass. Yeah, I, I think it's a legitimate I, I question. Heard, I I don't know if, if it's real, but I heard that that was a thing. I enjoy going to a Mass with no singing, and it's not oh, because too. of time. It's because I can pray the Mass better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can, I don't, I'm not interrupted by, okay, now I have to sit, I've already read the prayer, because I... I don't read it fast, but I read it... If you read something too slowly, your brain does not grasp the sentence. You know what I mean? You lose it. Yeah. And yeah. Reading something so one I, word at a time doesn't process the meaning of the prayer. Yeah. So I, I read at a pace that I can you know, understand and pray. And, and mean the prayer. When yeah. I'm done with the prayer, I and at a lot of high masses, I just have nothing to do other than say the rosary or mm-hmm. just start contemplating about you know some kind of private prayer that something heavy in my heart or something like that. Actually, here's the thing. It's gotten to the point where when I go to a high mass, a Latin high mass, I, I go ahead and do the entire uh, up to the... Uh, consecration i read all that and then i spend the rest of that time either saying the rosary or you know i don't follow along anymore oh and then when he gets to the consecration yeah you then i adore the lord there and then you can go back to the prayers that's kind of a recent point yeah that makes sense i think a lot of people do it that way that that go to that mass because there's just Otherwise, it's just me listening to the music, and some I, a lot of times it's good music. But I'm there for mass. 
Yeah, I'm not so there. To get hear on with the, the choir. That, exactly. There's there's a and I a hate, sort of. I'll just point this out. When our mother was the choir director, she had the perfect pace and tempo for these things. Oh yeah, so that she kept you it going, and and it was great musically. And uh, I I long for the days when our mother directed the choir at one of these high masses. Yeah, there's an art to that. She was good because at it during during a high mass. The pre th- this is something uh, that they lost completely in the Novus Ordo. Yeah. During the high mass, the choir can be singing parts that the priest can be going on with mass. Yeah. And there's an art to landing at the right place to so, so that so that we're the, not all sitting and waiting. Yeah, the priest isn't waiting on the choir, and the and 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 he's been able to go on with mass, and then he gets to the next part, and then maybe there's something else for the choir to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's if but if the choir's taking too long. Or singing the syllables too slow because in some of those chants, they're, I mean, they'll they'll put like twenty seven notes on one syllable. Yeah. Um, if they're doing that too slow, then it's like the priest himself reaches a point. It's like, well, I can't go on until they're done. Um, yeah. Because there, he has to say something out loud for the you know that the servers yeah. apply to or something like that. Like the glory, uh, we we gotta we gotta sit and wait, and yeah. at the. Uh, Confederate, but I, mom was really good at it, and mm-hmm. even the high mass, most high masses only lasted about an hour fifteen to an hour and a half at the most, except for the the really big ones, you know. Yeah, the, but, yeah, the ones that are like for like Easter or something like that would yeah, be a little bit she, longer. Uh, I I wish she were choir director again. Mm-hmm. Oh well, and I know I'm not the only one who thinks that. It's not just because she's our mom. I know a lot of <laughs> yeah. other people think that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we're at the end of the subject. Um, yeah? Yes. I think okay. so. Okay. So we'll get into some news. So, okay. Russia demands that NATO end all military activity in Eastern Europe and not admit Ukraine as a member of the military alliance. Um and they're talking about a couple other things, but um, Biden is saying that the U.S. is gonna is gonna sit down and discuss with Russia these proposals. Poland and Lithuania join Ukraine in in trying to beef up action against Russia, and um, the U.S. approves the sale of several. Uh, how do you say that? Javelin or Javelin? Anti-tank guided missiles. Oh, ag- yeah. For Lithuania against Russia. Okay. So, I guess, the thing is, this this Russia, uh, Ukraine, and now Lithuania is, this stuff is getting, it's getting bigger, getting you know? serious, too. I'm, I, it's I, getting I, pretty serious. Javelin. Um, it's and javelin, so not far, javelin. yeah, it's, I, I would have said javelin, but that's just because what I called the, you know, like the track and like field event. When I'm reading javelin. it, I can't remember how to say it, but when yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Call of Duty, uh, I know it's javelin. Oh, okay. So they call so it javelin. So I have to no, think of it javelin. In, in context of a uh, weapon. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, but it sounds like the current administration is so far continuing to support these countries against Russia. Yeah. Let's hope that Let's this hope isn't just Continue all show. Yeah. 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 Okay. Facebook exposes a group of spy firms that could affect the private security of over 50,000 people. Now, the a thing is... what? Spy? Spy firms. In other firms. words, firms that surveil Companies people. That do spying. Uh, okay. The parent company of Facebook, which is um, Meta Platforms Incorporated, has announced crackdowns on surveillance companies who spy on people in more than 100 uh, countries. I... I don't know why. I just think there's something there's something fishy about all this. I mean, how do you spy on someone who's publishing their every thought? Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like hey, spying look on what I had for by, dinner. It's like I'm going to spy on somebody by reading their blog or something like that. Yeah. Well, is that really spying? Yeah. Does that count as spying? You don't I, have you, to spy. You Everybody's know what I announcing. Think it is? I think that. Uh, this I think this goes back to uh, that big scandal when um, Facebook and some of the other social media uh, guys they kind of realized that they had valuable information that they yeah. could you know present in terms of what people are looking for by by you know what kinds of things they post and that kind of stuff that could help the Democrats particularly in America anyway. Um, win elections. Yeah, I, uh, by, but here's the thing. Appealing to the right things. And then the Republicans, or a couple of Republicans, used the same tactic, and they were all up in arms about yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's probably what this is. I think that's what this is. I think this is saying, wait a minute, we need to make sure that that the only political side that benefits from being able to harvest people's you know, the data that people choose to reveal anyway yeah. are the leftists. Or at least whatever whatever political side we approve right. of. I think that's, that, exactly that's all all is. that's all that's yeah. going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brazil, Denmark, Latvia, Poland, Slovakia, and the United Kingdom and the US share issue a joint condemnation of the worldwide persecution of Jehovah's Witnesses. Is there a worldwide think, persecution of Jehovah's I don't think, Witnesses? This is silly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think this is, And this was in Washington here. Times. Uh, the statement did not single out any country for criticism other than Russia, uh, mm-hmm. which Russia had, had labeled um, Jehovah's Witnesses as an extremist organization. But uh, I think this is Jehovah's Witnesses trying to get people to think that everybody's putting them to death uh, for not using certain for not, like not standing for the anthem and things like that which uh, this is this is uh, a, a whole religion of people who want to feel victimized mm-hmm. and frankly a lot of people would argue that it's a cult um, I don't know but yeah. they are cultish but when you're not allowed to have friends outside your religion, uh, I call that a cult. But I don't know. You know, you can't really define a cult. So uh, that, okay, let's see. December 4th, 
there was a uh, volcano in Indonesia, in Java. Um, okay. It just erupted again. Oh. Wow. Um, the first eruption had killed 46 people. It's not telling me uh, how many people this one, if Maybe anyone, they don't know killed. Yet. Well, I mean, yeah, either they don't know yet or everybody's still evac- Away, yeah. Yeah. evacuated. Yeah, it could be know? that there wasn't anybody that, there to kill that. Hopefully, that, that's what it is. Hopefully. But, so, another eruption. Uh, okay, remember the uh, the bouncy house that killed five yeah, kids? Yeah, kind of blew away, flew away in the wind and killed some yeah, of the kids. Yeah, this was in uh, Tasmania, Australia. Um, mm-hmm. One of the injured children uh, died. So, it's, it's oh. killed six now instead of five. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's a a monument called the Pillar of Shame at the University of Hong Kong. This was dedicated to the victims of uh, uh, the 1989 protests in China, the the big massacre, the, the Tiananmen, Tiananmen. yeah, mm-hmm. um, and they have taken that down. Oh, of course they, they would. Yeah. They removed it in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's another shame. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a landowner and an earth-moving business. Each face 126 charges for the deaths of 70 koalas last year by uh, clearing out a a tree plantation in Australia. (laughs) That's so stupid. Are are koalas, like, are they they protected or... Yeah, are they a protected species? I mean, I mean, we, if they're protected, that's one thing. But just to say, oh, animals died, we're going to charge you? That's so stupid. Maybe they are. I didn't Hold think they here. were. I mean, they're only, you know, you only find them in Australia. It's listed as threatened. Okay. All right. I guess that's a step down from endangered. So maybe under Australian law. But they didn't I, kill the koalas. They, they didn't just, kill them directly. They just forced them to go somewhere else. Yeah. And, uh, well, they're saying so they, 70 of them died. I don't... Okay, yes, if 70 would, of them died just because they cleared out some woodland, I would say this species is on its way out no matter what. No, I would say if 70 of them died just because... Well, yeah, I mean, evolutionary, it's like, okay, they're stupid and they can't figure out to go somewhere else. Or... They're so populated that when you clear out some women, yeah. 70 of them die, you don't need to have them on an endangered list. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I think of it. That's a good point. Speaking of uh, animals, uh, Italy bans fur farming, and uh, all the uh, remaining mink farms have to shut down by 2022. So all the minks are going to be killed. Yeah. So I guess we can't keep get you a great big bunch of minks. We're going to have to kill yeah. you. <laughs> Let's harvest the meat while we've I don't, got it. Why brand fur farming and not meat farming? I mean, I know that's it's like we need to wear clothes. Well, you can wear cloth. Okay, well, you can eat veggies. You know, it, it makes yeah. just as much sense. No, well, we want mink and leather, mm-hmm. and we want to eat and meat. We want so, and yeah, that's yeah, that's so stupid that. And they're, it's not like they're gathering up wild minks. Yeah. As like this is a farm. They're farming them for this purpose. Yeah. Um. Uh, Omicron 
variant causes Christmas flight cancellations and holiday travel headaches. Uh, this is from United Airlines and Delta are canceling hundreds of flights because they're saying of the Omicron coronavirus variant. Huh. I don't believe it. Yeah. I think they have less workers because they're forcing them to get vaccinated. And people are walking. Yeah. I, I think that's really what it I is. I think that's what's going on. But, oh well. Uh, George Floyd has been removed from the consideration for Texas pardon. I guess there's a, uh, there's a, uh, tradition in Texas where they pardon people around Christmas. And yeah. there were like 20 something people on the list. George Floyd had been unanimously recommended for a posthumous pardon for a 2004 drug conviction. In Texas. Uh, in Texas. And uh, Abbott, the Governor Abbott, had uh, decided not to do that. Good. I yeah. don't get it. I, 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 hey. I'd say that would be dumb. Oh, boy. This guy went and got jacked up on other drugs and uh, gave police a hard time and was trying to pass counterfeit bills and died because of the jug- drugs that he was jacked up on. So let's pardon him. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of Hold sense. On. What? Oh, probably a heartbeat bill. Vicky said some kind of heart, uh, abortion bill passed in Ohio. I don't. In I Ohio? Didn't see that. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I know we've been trying to do a heartbeat bill for a while. I don't know. Maybe that passed. Hmm. Uh, Fauci warns Americans not to invite unvaccinated relatives over for the holidays, even though vaccination doesn't keep anyone from getting anything. Uh, Fauci also discouraged vaccinated Americans attending uh, from attending large gatherings. <laughs> what? I don't. If you can't do that with the vaccination, then what's the point of Why having get the, vaccination? the vaccination? Exactly. It's so stupid. This and this wh- this puts the lie on exposes the lie of the motivation of these government agencies. Yeah, when, every now and then, you know, like when I come up, when I find these stories, sometimes I'll scroll down and read the comments and the goofy discussions that happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it it's frustrating seeing how stupid people are about this. Yeah. How, yeah, I, how detached they are from reality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you really can't figure this out just, just from the... The two headlines by themselves, just from that, what I've said so far, should tell you everything you need to know about this. And, yeah. But, no. Oh, well. Uh, Apple Workers Group plans a walkout, urges customer boycott for Christmas Eve. Okay. Um, so, in September, the workers sent an open letter to Apple CEO Tim Cook with a bunch of requests including um, the auditing of all promotions and performance reviews for gender, racial, disability, and heteronormative biases (laughs) that may lead to wage gaps and a lack of opportunity and compensation within the company in each part of it. That is so stupid. It, It is stupid at the same time. You know, maybe it's about time that... We point out that if you're gay, you get paid more nowadays. 
That's true. Or that you get fired less. Yeah. Because it's, that's it's, a it's, thing. It's a favored status and now. Maybe it's time for white people to say, hey, no, I want a review of this. Yeah. Why is this idiot getting paid more than me when I do twice as much work as him? You know, that's a good point. Do the reviews and, and, and learn that, okay, wait a minute. White people aren't being treated fairly. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, that's all the news I got. All right. Except well, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going at the end of this show, you will notice a uh, different song. Because remember, remember the homeless uh, singer, guitar player guy last week. Oh yeah. Well, I got a hold of him, and and I said, "Can I, can I use what I recorded right there? Can I use it for the ending of our show?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm going to see oh, how it sounds. I'm going to see how, how awesome. it does." Yeah. So, uh, it's not a professional recording. But to yeah, me, it just, sounds kind of you, real and you folksy. With, uh, and, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Well, you were using your cell phone or something, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll see how that works. Okay. Nonsense news. Um, all right. You know you know how like babies like to lick everything and so you got to train them not to? Um, yeah. So in Japan, I, Japan always comes up with the goofiest stuff. Um, an inventor in no. Japan developed a way of making it so that your TV could like have some kind of film that it rolls out on the screen so you can lick the screen I guess and taste food like a scratch and sniff on the TV for taste for taste Uh, you don't scratch it at least I don't think you scratch it you just lick it but you're licking the TV screen. That's gross. It's stupid. It says he believes the technology could be used to give people who are uh, unable or unwilling to travel the ability to sample flavors from around the world. Well, you know, flavors, okay, but... You don't have to... F- you don't... You. Flavors are no good without the context of eating the food. You, you want right. the texture and the feel of it in your mouth and the smell of it. There's a whole lot more... To a eating experience than the flavor that your tongue can pick up. But how exactly does it give you the? Is this like some kind of? Do they fool your brain, or do they actually put out something that tastes like something? No, it says he has. He uses a combination of ten different flavors that are dispensed onto a film that slides onto the screen. That's kind of weird. That's very weird. That's why it's in my nonsense news. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess. I mean, remember uh, the uh, Google odor search that they had for April Fool's Day. <laughs> I don't think I came across that. That's funny. I I was like, I I thought it was a pretty good one because it, it was like introducing Google Google scent or something like that, and it would. I can't even remember what they told you to do. It said, search for this scent, and they told you to scratch it and or to sniff it, and then you could, it was Decide like. whether that was it or not. I wonder how many people tried, <laughs> kept trying to make it work. It would be so it funny if the page, if going to the page also managed to turn on the webcam on their computer. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, scratch and sniff Google, scratch and taste TV. <laughs> TV, okay. All right, now, so, you know, 
before man tamed horses, uh, I wonder if maybe he tamed millipedes? <laughs> uh, it says that scientists uncover a fossil of a giant millipede uh, that was the size of a car. Giant Can you imagine? A millipede. Of a giant millipede. A millipede the size of a car waddling down your street. That's Just a big millipede. Imagine that. It, it, yeah. yeah. It's like, get on top of that thing and ride it, you know? That's, uh... Hmm. That, that, see, that's something that people made. That's something God did not intend. Yeah, this and is one of those things that they, the, the, uh, like, oh, let's the make this made. thing giant and... Right. God's like, okay, enough mm, of this. No. I didn't yeah, put this stuff here for you right. guys to fool with. I'm wiping you guys all out. These, these things are grotesque. I wonder yeah. what something like that would eat. No, I guess like I, I know. What do millipedes eat? I mean <clears throat> I think they're they're not uh They are predators I, though, right? Yeah. Well centipedes are. Okay. I don't know if millipedes, know if millipedes are or not. Are, yeah. Well <laughs> it's a weird thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Alright. Uh, next, <laughs> so you remember when the whole mask thing was coming out and we had our masks that, like I had my, uh, mosquito net that I would put over my head Yeah, someone asked me to put a mask because they would say, well, the mask can be made of anything. And I remember the, like, like the CDC recommendation, the mask can be made of anything. Just wear a mask. Yeah. Well, so a guy was kicked off of a flight for wearing a mask that was made out of, uh, ladies panties. <laughs> They kicked him off? <laughs> they kicked him off. And this was, um, a, it was a flight from Fort Lauderdale to Washington. Uh, I'm trying to find out what airline it was. But, did they kick him off because he wouldn't put on another mask or because he was wearing that mask? They, well, the flight attendant came up in, and in somebody's uh, video, and maybe the video they have on the news site. Uh, they this say, is You're Delta. Gonna, you're going to have to come off the plane. No, We're no, not going to no. let you travel. Uh, he's He asks why, and the uh, flight attendant says, you're not in mask compliance. Well, then okay. several other passengers, this is cool, um, got up to leave, too. That is cool. Uh, one can be heard now, saying, this did, is, he just, uh, did he just this get is United Airlines. I'm out of here. Forget it. I'm out of yeah. here. This is United Airlines, and... But he says Delta had done the same thing. Oh, okay. But isn't okay. this uh, the same two airlines that... Hold on here. Um, United Airlines, yep. Mask should be able to fully cover the mouth and nose. Oh, because it was a thong, it couldn't cover his mouth and nose. <laughs> he claims he the thong. underwear met that. Let's see, so I'm looking at the picture. Yeah, I, I would say that fully covers his mouth and nose. Yeah, I think it does. Yep, yep, based um, on the picture. But where is the story I had about the um, Omicron cause of Christmas? United Airlines and Delta. Those are the uh -huh. two ones that have all the, the cancellations. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with the virus. I think, yeah, the workers I are think just they're just saying, I don't they're leaking the vaccine. employees. I'm going to go find another job. Yeah, they're... It, it would be hard working for either one of these companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd have to be woke, and they want a company full of woke people, apparently. Yeah. And just, that's what it is. Companies are going to oh. start realizing that they'll get support from customers and loyalty from employees 
by mm-hmm. explicitly being non I don't know why more companies aren't. I Because a lot of times you'll find local companies who reject wokeness mm-hmm. and they have no problems. Yeah. You know? And I bet big they're, companies they're would see a similar... Get a I mean, following. you'd hear your big outcries for protesters, but I think yeah. the fact that they're being protested, even more people would say, oh, I'm going to support yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you ever see a movie? This is kind of uh, funny. So in Ohio, there was a school. I, I'm not quite sure I understand what the ESPN thing is. But apparently, so in Ohio, there's a classification of school that's highly unregulated. And somebody set up the school. Seems like they kind of just set it up in their house uh, for kids to be able to apply to and uh, attend. And I'm using air quotes with attend. But its main thing was to be able to allow them to play on a football team at the high school level. Um and give them so access it maybe to... like a Montessori school or... No, not those even... those aren't very regulated. No, they're not very regulated, but Montessori are real schools. Yeah. This was but just this kind of a, a, school? A, a school... Yeah, the, the, basically an opportunity... Like a mailing to address. Play, ...play football, exactly. Well, okay. you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever heard of the movie... Um, okay, the name of the movie is Accepted. And it's about... A group of kids, like quasi, you know, losers on on one level, and they're kind of, um, you know, playing their parents. So yeah, you know, they, they, basically they're not. They didn't get accepted to any particular college, so they make up a college and like make up letterheads and that kind of stuff that they then, you know, have acceptance letters mailed to themselves to. Show their parents so they can make that we their got parents upset. Think they're going to school exactly, and they end up getting yeah. a school, like getting a a like a, a building, cleaning it up, and 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 turning it into a real school. But I mean, it's it's farcical the whole time. In fact, to give yeah. you an idea, the the name of the school is the South Harmon Institute of Technology. Well, you can do the initials, South Harmon Institute of Technology. Okay. <laughs> so it's that yeah. kind of a movie. Um, but these guys did that just so that they could play football. It, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Except on a high school instead of a college level. And they they really... So a group did this so that they could play football. Apparently, yeah. Uh, high school. So I get... But, I mean, were these kids... Did they not go to school, or were they just trying to create a cool football team that with certain players? I don't, I don't, I can't I don't quite understand. get this. It still, it still seems to be under investigation. The or maybe it was like thirty-year-old only... men who decided they wanted to play high school football. <laughs> I don't think they were. I think they were high school age students. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> we'll all go start our own high school so that we can play sports against these other kids. Well, it, it's like this. Of course, they'd this probably win against past us. Past year, even though they had people on their football team, it only listed one person as enrolled, and the address of the school is just a residence. I mean, it's it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why, anyway. you know, like in a lot of... Uh, okay, here in Cincinnati, they've got... Schools all have their uh, football teams. Mm-hmm. And then even the public schools have their football teams. Right. And then there's also a community school, which has a football team. It, not a community school. There's a community football team. Oh, okay, okay. And like the neighborhood might have one. right. So they, if might have your the kid team or either doesn't doesn't make the football team, or if he's on the football team but he never gets any field time, they can go to this community football team and they'll let him play. You know, like they'll give oh, him more okay. field time even if they're not good players. I didn't realize they had that in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's a thing. Or it might not even be in Cincinnati. It might just be in Harrison. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This happened okay. when I was in Harrison. Right. Um, Harrison's a little city, like, right outside of Cincinnati. But the thing is, there were actually, by the time we left Harrison, there were two community football teams. One was a group of them who had started to get serious about football and they mm-hmm. wanted to make the team better. The other one was just so that the kids could play football. Yeah. But this is high school football, and to me, that's just flat-out dangerous. Mm-hmm. You're taking kids who aren't good at playing and putting them against people who are really serious about the game, and it, it's a good way to get hurt, Yeah, you know? exactly. There's a reason certain kids weren't out on the field, and it wasn't just because they didn't play well. It's because they didn't know how to block or they didn't – they weren't aggressive – and chances are, if they put them in that field, they get hurt. You know, that's true. That's true. Well, this—I uh, mean, this story. Like, I guess what like prompted the investigation was—I I don't know whether the team was like hyping itself up or something like that, but <laughs> they went up like against a uh, what was it, like a Florida team or something like that, and um, yeah, and suffered a—I don't know, like fifty-eight to zero so loss. Or something. Oh, okay. Like, Got it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Destroyed. Yeah. And it was yeah. like you guys don't even know well, how to play football. What are you doing? Do you? <laughs> yeah. And so parents, I guess that prompted I don't know some kind of scrutiny that started looking into the academics as well and figured out that there yeah. there are no academics. It's not and, even I, a, game, change, a real school. Yeah. That's crazy. The things people will do. <laughs> That's right. To play sports. Okay. Um, Final thing, my somebody on my one of my wife's audiology um, groups uh, posted a picture of a textbook. I don't know if it's a textbook. It's probably more like just a book about Beethoven. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it it's a it's a chapter book. Okay, it's it's a significant enough book to have chapters. Yeah. And so. I don't know if the I, I sent you the email of, of all of my links. I don't know if the picture came through as an attachment. It should no, have. No, it didn't. Uh, I'll have to find a way no to send attachment. it to you. Okay, I'm going to okay. read it to you. So, Chapter 8, Beethoven's Later Years. In the years after Napoleon's rise and fall as Emperor of France, Beethoven was in a flurry of musical writing. Being dead did not stop him in the slightest from recovering <laughs> quickly and going on with his music. Sure, it was much harder, but he got through it. (laughs) Wow. It's amazing what people can do when they're dead. I I imagine it had to be a joke. I said, I wonder how can I... Okay. How can you 
We could we should search for that text and see if it was just, just some jokers. Of course, I can see that being taught in today's uh, public schools. I mean, they're that. Bad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but also, here's the thing: um, like, no matter what business you're in, there's a at least, especially if you're a business to consumer, if you're selling to consumers as opposed to business to business, mm-hmm. there is, and you want you want your website to do well, or you want your company to gain some kind of recognition. The thing to do is to publish a book because oh, it's so okay. easy to do nowadays. Yeah, and so a lot of people, okay, I got to write a book, and let's say. Okay, let's say a music store, mm-hmm. local music store. They want more recognition, or they want more. They want to be in the newspaper or something. I'll write a book about classical music, or about Beethoven, or about whatever music yeah. in general, maybe. Um, and a lot of times, it's like the owner is like, "I'm not going to sit down and write a book." So he hires these it. quote copywriters. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, and. Yeah. He ha- or ghostwriters, mm-hmm. and a lot of times these ghostwriters and or copywriters are like people from India and China and Russia, who will literally write an entire book for like twenty bucks. <clears throat> right, and it's just the quality of writing is bad, and yeah. the information is just they just pulled a bunch of crap from other websites and put it together in a book. And you could maybe tell, that's what this <clears throat> is from that excerpt that I read. It, it, it was a little bit childish. I mean, maybe it was targeted at children. I don't know. Yeah. Um, now, as for the typo itself, okay, the F and the D key are right next to each other, so that's probably where that came from. Um, yeah. But you know, the the proofreaders missed it. <laughs> yeah. If they used well, a proofreader, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. But everybody's passing a picture of this page, but nobody's and... saying what book it's from. Makes yeah, you maybe want... somebody just like made it. You know, I was going to say, is it is it photoshopped possibly, or just? I mean, I could print that out and make it look like a book, real easy. Well, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Weird, but um, you never know. With today's schools, I would not uh, doubt it. <laughs> yeah, you know. All right. If I can, if I can find the book, I'll I'll let everybody okay. know. <laughs> so the right. sales is of the book will skyrocket as people start. Yeah, talking. I know. <laughs> Well, it's That's becoming all I've got. a meme, apparently. That's <laughs> yeah. all you got. That okay. is everything. Well, uh, let's see. We got. <clears throat> I'm going to try. I, I didn't do a whole lot of research here. I'm going to try to muddle through this um, just because I hate not having a saint to talk about. But in the Mass, in the Tridentine Mass, you'll notice we pray to uh, St. Marcellinus. Um, and we also, at the same time, say Peter. Uh, the Peter, I've always just associated that with uh, St. Peter, our first pope. But apparently, no. There's someone else named Peter that we're uh, praying to at that time. Um, because St. Marcellinus and Peter the Exorcist were apparently martyred around the same time. So that's why they're listed kind of together. I think they... Are they actually listed together? In the... Um, uh, I can't remember now. on it. I had an article up that showed it, and now I've 
lost it. Dun, 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 it looks dun. like they were they died. Oh, here we are. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Marcellinus and Peter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are listed together, and they are talking about Marcellinus, a pope, and Peter the Exorcist. Um, this was during the 300s. We're back to the Diocletian martyrs. Um, Marcellinus was Pope. Um, around the year 600 AD, and, and he had died in 302, uh, around the year 600 AD, there was printed up these fake uh, documents claiming that Marcellinus had been a prisoner of Diocletian and he had been told he had to sacrifice to their gods and he had obeyed them and denounced the Christian faith. This is while he was Pope. Mm-hmm. And also that he had given the sacred books to the uh, emperor and they had burned them. We know that that was fake, the documents claiming right. this. But there is some question of whether or not that really did happen. Now, uh, St. Augustine denies that it happened, says no, it didn't happen. But um, other people do point out the fact that after St. Marcellinus died, um, that there was like a three-year period where we had no pope. And it could be because of the fight involving that, the fact that he had denied the Catholic faith, and then turned around and uh, repented of it, and then was eventually martyred. But most people are saying even that is not true. Although, but you do find that report in places like Wikipedia, who say that, yeah, Marcellinus in the year 302 denied the faith, and then turned around and embraced the faith again, and was... Uh, executed for it. But anyway, St. Peter the Exorcist and Marcellinus were executed together according to legend. Um, Peter was caught uh, exercising and he was thrown into prison. While in prison, the the guard's uh, daughter was possessed, I guess, and he brought his daughter to Peter, and Peter exercised the demon. Uh, the guard, the daughter, and the guard's wife were all converted. The governor there heard about all this and um, wanted to have them all executed. And also somehow Marcellinus gets, who was the pope, gets lumped into this because he was the one who had baptized uh, all these people. See, Peter was an exorcist. <clears throat> that was part of the baptism rite. It still is. Yeah. But there was a special order of people who did the exorcisms. Uh, just like, as you were saying, there was a special order of people who uh, served mass. Right. So right. Peter, exorcist used to be one of the minor orders that, that you went through on your way to being a, a deacon. Right. So the jailer and his wife and the child who had been exercised uh, wanted to be baptized, and Marcellinus is uh, the one who did it. And when the governor, I, now I don't know if it was the governor or the or Diocletian himself, 
heard about this said, I want you all to, um, he, he wanted them all executed, but he didn't want the execution to be a place where, um, like where other Christians would would re, rev, uh, would revere, um, yeah. revere. Right. he wanted it to be kept a secret where they were exercised because he didn't want another church to pop up. Mm. Uh, that was happening a lot. Yeah, you know, they would kill martyred. someone. Hey, the next church. day, there's a church. Yeah. Um, so he had told the uh, executioner to take them into the woods to a quiet spot and execute them. So they go into the woods and then the jailer tells them or the executioner tells them why they're here and they gladly clear out the area so that they can be exercised and then I guess they dig a hole as well. He executes them and leaves them there. Somebody finds the remains and brings them back and builds I later on the church goes up and uh this is who Saint Peter and Saint Marcellinus are that we mention in the Tridentine Mass. So, you know, and, and that makes sense because, um, St. Marcellinus is, is, um, it's kind of funny, um, because like, uh, St. Marcellinus, it's, it's kind of weird because if he was a Pope, you'd think it would say Pope St. Marcellinus, um, or St. Marcellinus Pope. Uh, but the page I'm reading says St. Marcellinus priest and St. Peter exorcist. So what, if this same system was in place in 304, uh, which I don't know that it was or, or that it wasn't. Um, but what that would mean is that St. Peter had achieved the minor order of exorcist and he was probably on his way to becoming a priest, but had not become what yet when, when he was, Martyr. Yeah, but but I why still does it see say here Saint Pope Marcellinus priest is in three hundred four? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I see some accounts of him as Pope and some accounts as him as priest. Just a priest. That's that's weird. Um, and both secular and Catholic uh, sites are saying both of these things. But when we go to Catholic Encyclopedia. He is Pope Marcellinus, and uh, the he died in three hundred four, which is yeah the same year when that Marcellinus Saint and Marcellinus Peter. died. I wonder if there were two Marcellinuses then, because like well, EWTN just refers to him as a priest. Uh, there is later a uh, reference to Marcellini. That was in those forged documents. And I think there's also a Marcellini, and they're saying maybe uh, while they were copying the, uh, the liturgy that there, was, that there was a problem with the manuscript. Somebody copied it wrong. Oh, okay. Or there's also a Marcellus, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-U-S, um, listed in the uh, Book of Martyrs. And they're thinking maybe that was the problem. But Catholic Encyclopedia more, uh, lists him as Pope St. Marcellinus. Okay. 
And so, that Pope St. Marcellinus is the one associated with Peter. Yes. The exorcist. Okay. That's that's weird that there's such a disparity of, of reporting on that. That some just and say... Because you'd think they'd say he was a pope everywhere. <laughs> right. And it's... it's um, I don't know. It says something about the age of this mass that we're reading every Sunday. If That's you go to a true. proper mass. And he's in there. Yeah. And that it, it's it's been centuries and we're still reading his name and yet we don't we even question who this person is, but we're still reading his name which is uh illustrates how long we've been saying this mass and shows how as you said, diabolical it is that there's a group of people trying to get rid of it. It's insane. His name did not occur in either the list of martyrs or the bishops in the Roman chronograph in the year 354. That's why I'm wondering if there were two Marcellinuses. Uh, Episcopus. In, there was a Marcellinus Episcopus. This I guess like, that was the, a... The New Advent one says that he was elected to the papacy in 296, died in 304, probably of natural causes. So I think St. Marcellinus with Peter is not the same as Pope Marcellinus. Mm-hmm. That could be. I do see in PopeHistory.com that he is one of the only men to use his personal name as Pope. So... A lot of popes will adopt the name. Um, yeah. Peter was kind of given his name by Jesus. Um, his personal name would have been Simon. Right. Um, I don't know about any of the others since then, but apparently Marcellinus, that, that was his actual name. Well, hmm. okay. Uh, I well, think the only thing we can say for sure is that we don't positively, absolutely know who Peter and Marcellinus are, but that... They come from a long tradition in a prayer that we have been saying for hundreds of years. <laughs> Since and ought not, not to be just discarded. Yeah, I mean, gosh, they were probably in, in the Mass by 400. Uh, and, gosh, that's 1,600 years. That's a long dang time to be saying some guy's name to yeah. where we don't even know who he is. And we've got... You know, mosaics of these people back in the 12th century. Um, just to just throw it all away. It seems so stupid. Yeah. It's senseless. It. I hate to say this. It. It. It's like the 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 reckless disregard for life that uh, the Nazis had. And I, I'm not trying to compare the Pope to the Nazis. I'm just saying it was just, it's so weird that a group of people could so flippantly disregard something so precious. Yeah. And I don't see how you could see this as anything but satanic. Mm-hmm. But we're going to keep praying. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Hopefully I'm wrong. We'll see. And... Eventually, we'll see. see. Okay, St. Peter's and Marcellinus. Pray for us. And we're going to say goodbye now, so think about what we said, and as always, circle the beads.
And we'll see you next week. Uh, oh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. And Happy New Year. Yep. Thank you.